This is a Morley Radio podcast. Welcome to Series 2 of the London Hat Week podcast. And a big thank you to Morley Radio for producing and making this possible. I'm Becky Weaver, co-founder of London Hat Week and also the editor-in-chief of Hat Talk e-magazine. I'm Georgina Abbott, co-founder of London Hat Week and owner of Atelier Millinery, a headwear business based in London. For this episode, I have the enormous pleasure of being in the Morley Radio studio. We should point out that our guest and Becky are in their own home and recording remotely, so apologies as usual for any sound glitches. For episode five, we are thrilled to be joined by Sally Caswell, who is tuning in from New York City. One thing that London Hat Week has highlighted over the years is how interconnected the global millinery community really is. The passion that hat makers and hat lovers have ascends borders and gives us a common ground regardless of where we might live in the world, hence our hashtag that we often use milliners of the world unite. When we first met Sally a few years ago, we were at the U.S. Headwear Association dinner in New York City. Sally is a woman of much talent who wears many hats. She has her own bespoke millinery business, works in Arnold Levine's Garment District, Theatrical Millinery Workroom, is the current president of the U.S. Milliners Guild, and has collaborated with celebrity British milliner Stephen Jones, OBE, on a variety of projects, including, most recently, the Christian Dior Designer of Dreams exhibition, which is currently showing at the Brooklyn Museum. Sally, welcome, and thank you for taking part in the London Hat Week podcast today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be invited. Oh, it's well, we, we're really looking forward to talking to you today. So let's just start a little bit about you and your backstories. Are you from New York or did you when did you first get there? Uh, well, I grew up in upstate New York, way upstate near Canada. And um, when I was a kid, we used to visit my aunt and uncle in New York. And I always loved it and knew that someday that's where I wanted to be. So when I graduated from college, I moved home, unpacked, repacked, and moved to New York City wow. three days later. Uh, I had no five-year plan. I had no career goal. I just knew I wanted to be in New York. And I, you know, I guess I figured I would figure it all out once I got here. And, and how did you? How, how did hats fit into that story? Oh, well, hats were a long way away. <laughs> so I, I majored in political science in college. And when I came to New York and started working, I found work in an office very boring. So I decided to go back to school and get a master's in art history. And uh, then I did start working in the art field. I worked for a small art conservation and consulting business. And I was there for nearly 20 years. And during a, um, a very long yes. maternity leave, I started a small business making baby slings, yeah. you know, the type of baby carrier. Oh, yeah. When, um, yeah, when I had babies and that was my world. <laughs> and then I started making baby hats. And then I thought, you know, I really want to make hats for adults and I want to learn how to do it properly. So I enrolled in a class at FIT, a millinery class. And like everyone else who was a milliner, you know, I thought, oh, wow, this is really what I want to do. So I completed the certificate program and then, um, yeah, I just, I connected with the Milliners Guild. I just went there looking to find someone I might work with so that I could yeah. learn a little more because what you learn in school is not necessarily, mm. you know, what you learn when you're working. And, I, you know, I, I just ended up joining the Guild and, um, and that's when I started my business. 
And did it start out as um, Sally Caswell millinery from the start? Yeah, well, what happened was, so I joined the Milliners Guild, and after a couple meetings, Linda Pagan, who was the owner of the hat shop and also the president and founder of the Milliners Guild, uh, she said to me, why don't you bring me some of your hats and then I can put them in the shop. And I was so nervous because I, you know, I had just finished school and I didn't really know what I was doing and I didn't have a business set up. Joining the Milliner's Guild back then was a little different <laughs> than it is now. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just had to come up with a name and a label and put the label in some hats and bring them to the shop. So that's kind of how I started my wow. business. What year was that roughly? So. Um, I joined the guild in 2008. Guild started in 2007. And I think I showed up for their one year anniversary meeting. It was in a bar (laughs) and everyone was dressed all fancy. It was fun. (laughs) That's great. So you also, you have your own business. You sell, so more occasion wear, that kind of thing? Well, it, it started out casual. And then when I saw that what really sells is hats in the spring for occasion. So I switched over and started doing more of that. But of course, with a pandemic and everything shut down and there were no occasions to wear a hat. And so um, now I much more casual wear. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that's kind of happened for most of us. Yeah. Absolutely. And how's that going this year with the casual collection? Um, pretty well. I mean, I actually have been so busy at work and doing other things that my own business right now is a little slower, but I, I do get orders online. Uh, I've sold some hats at Linda's shop. I still sell at her mm. shop. And word of mouth, you know, is another way I get business. So I, I have been selling hats, not as much as previously, yeah, it keeps going. And it's yeah, that's casual stuff. Yeah, oh, fantastic. And um, so you mentioned that you also do theatrical millinery. How is that different from your making your own collections? Yeah, theater hats are different than, you know, fashion hats or couture hats in a couple of ways, but they're similar in ways too, of course. Stylistically, theater hats tend to be more historical uh, or, you know, maybe just like the creative idea of the designer to complete a look or an outfit on the stage. So it's often not what somebody would want to wear on the street. Sometimes it is if it's a you know contemporary show. But so stylistically, it tends to be pretty different. And also a big difference is the theater hats just have to be very sturdy. <laughs> yeah. Because, they, you know, Broadway shows are they do performances eight times a week. And so the hats really have to stand up to that kind of wear and tear. You know, they're a lot harder than a hat might be for a fashion hat. And there's a lot more glue in theater hats than yeah. there are in, in the hats that I make. But one of the ways that they're very similar, and I think a lot of people don't even realize this, and Becky, that was sort of what that Showstoppers exhibition was about, is all of these hats are made by hand, one at a time, a lot of hand sewing, and it's a lot of care and attention goes into all of these pieces. And it's not like they're, you know, just ordered en masse from some factory in China and put up on the stage. They're really handmade one at a time. Yeah, that you mentioned the showstoppers. I, I was lucky enough to be in New York a couple of weeks ago and met up with some of the Milliners Guild members for the Dior exhibition, but we also went to on Sally's recommendation, the Showstoppers, um, which is kind of like a pop-up exhibition by the Costume Industry Coalition. I think it's there till the end of October, so it's not too much longer, but it really highlights the work of the theatrical costume makers for Broadway and also like how difficult it has been during the pandemic when all of that just stopped and how many people and how much time goes into 
the costumes for those shows, which are phenomenal. And it was amazing to see, you know, the Hamilton costumes close up and um, the Mrs. Maisel costumes. It wasn't just Broadway, it was TV. Yeah, it was really cool. So um, do you want to say anything else about that, Sally, the, the kind of work that they were showing there? Or? Yeah, just that it was really great too, like you said, to be able to see those things up close and to see the, the attention and the care that goes into everything. And they also have demos different times during the week as some of the costume makers come in and show what it is they do and how they do it. So it, it's just such a great way for the public to see what goes on behind the scenes to put these shows on. That sounds fantastic. Do you know if that's going to go on tour at all or be available online? Not as far as I know. Like Becky said, it's supposed to, you know, it's running until the end of October. It was already extended once and there's a possibility they'll extend it again, but it is a pop-up. So a lot of it depends on the, you know, whoever owns that space. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> of course. But it, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. To be able to see, like you say, understand the workings and, and how much effort and time goes into it is really interesting for, for milliners as well as the general theatre going public. And um, how did you learn to make hats that were sturdy enough for theatre production? on the job. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, so I was working in the art field at the conservation studio, and I met Sigmund Meachin, who is a theatrical milliner. She's been working with Arnold for 30 years or something. And the business that I worked for closed, and so she called me up one day and said, hey, could you come work here? And I said, sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just learned by doing, you know, and I learned a lot from Sigmund and from Arnold. And it, yeah, it's a different way. You know, I obviously had the skills to make a hat, but I did learn different ways of doing things. And Yeah, wow. So how many different productions do they make for? Oh, there? so many. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and it's constantly changing. Uh, we just finished a very big order for Disney Cruise Lines. We've been working on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the hats for Moulin Rouge, oh, wow. and Kathy Zuber just won the Tony Award for costume oh, design for that nice. show. So that's kind of exciting. Oh. And we we did the hats for Hades Town. So both of those are on Broadway now. And you know, once the show goes up, it, we're not really finished because they they might have someone new come in or they might change something or, you know, just the wear and tear or something might need to be replaced. So sort of yeah. ongoing. Well, do they have like millinery emergencies and you have to be drafted in? <laughs> <laughs> so um, what would you say with, has been your favourite production to work on from a design point of view? I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, so, they're all so good. My favourite. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you're sort of in the moment of every one. Mm-hmm. Some of them are not as exciting as others, but um, and it's fun to constantly have something new to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy that side of the work, too? I think often you can hear people with their own millinery businesses. It can be like lonely. That's one thing because you're often working solo um, and to kind of be in a workroom atmosphere. Um, I think that must have some benefits to having some colleagues and you know a team of people that you're working with do you enjoy that oh absolutely yeah it's nice to be working with other people and you always learn from other people you know if you're just sitting in your room alone doing the way doing things the way you always did you're not learning anything new and and I'm always watching everybody to see how they do something and there's a better way or a faster way sometimes I'm looking for oh so, yeah yeah and then just conversation always good mm-hmm. 
So we've covered theatrical millinery, we've covered your own work, but also you've done some collaborations. And as we said, there's so much interconnectedness in the millinery world. And you have worked a lot with Stephen Jones, who is the chairman of the British Hat Guild and also just extremely well-known himself and the headwear designer for Dior. How did you first meet him and, and what are some of the projects you've collaborated on? Well, I first met him a couple of times. The very first time I met him, he was in New York for the Easter parade. And so he walked the parade with the Milliners Guild. And I, I wasn't there, there for that part, but we all went out to brunch at the Plaza Hotel. And so I joined everybody for that. And that was such a treat for all of us to get to meet him and spend time with him. But I, I knew he would never remember me because I was just one of a crowd. And then a few years later, uh, he was in New York for a book signing at Bookmark, uh, the bookstore owned by Mark Jacobs. And so a lot of the Milliners Guild members were going to go together to, to this book signing and to see him. And I got there a little bit early and nobody was there yet. So I thought, oh, I'll just walk around the neighborhood until it's time to go back. And then as I get to the corner, I see Stephen standing there waiting to cross the street. So I was very nervous. <laughs> but I went up to him and I introduced myself. <laughs> and you know how he is. He's so gracious. And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm here for a book signing and I'm just a little bit earlier. So I'm walking around. And I said, well, that's funny because I'm here for your book signing and I'm a little early and I'm walking around. <laughs> and so he said, oh, well, let's walk around together. So we just walked around the streets talking about all kinds of sort of random topics. You know, he's such a wonderful conversationalist and, and he makes it so easy to talk to him. So that was really fun. And then uh, as the time got closer, you know, I went in and then he made his entrance later. And of course, I bought a book and had him sign it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a few years later, he was coming to New York for Fashion Week to do a couple of shows and he needed a few extra pair of hands. So he asked someone he knew in New York if she could find some people who, one, knew how to do this kind of work and two, were available. And that those two things don't always go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So um, a few people recommended me to her, uh, along with Jennifer Hertz and Irina Dratva. He called us up each individually for a, a you know, sort of phone interview to, to talk about what he needed and to talk about what we did and our skills. And then at the end of the conversation, he said, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to meeting you. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, we've already met. <laughs> so I reminded him about our walk through the village. Yeah. And he said, oh, that was you? <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of funny. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, that was September, 2019. And so Jennifer, Irina, and I worked on the two shows along with him and his team from London. And then in November, after that, he was doing the uh, headpieces for the Metropolitan Museum exhibition in pursuit of fashion. And so he asked me if I could help him install those pieces. So of course I said, yes. <laughs> uh, and so I did that and Noel Stewart came over and helped us with that. And Georgina, that was when we saw you because you showed up at, at the uh, St. Catherine's yeah. Day celebration that the Milliners Guild had. Yeah, that was such a happy coincidence for me. And then to go and see what you'd been doing, what you'd been working on in that exhibition, which was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was so fun to have you show up. And you didn't know Noel was there <laughs> either, right? So just, No, no. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, so we did that in November, and then the following February was Fashion Week again. So Jennifer and I uh, worked with Stephen again for that show. And then coronavirus hit, and everything shut down. Mm. So that was a, you know, 
year and a half of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then this past summer, Stephen contacted me and asked me if I was available to help him do the headpieces, you know, install the headpieces for the Dior show. And again, of course, I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> I work part time at Arnold's. And so I, I have a little more flexibility in my schedule. So <laughs> I was able to say yes. And um, yeah, so we did that. And, and then we worked on the uh, Metropolitan Exhibition too, the uh, Lexicon of Fashion. So what's it like um, being able to be behind the scenes on, on these exhibitions? I love being behind the scenes. I love to know how things are put together and seeing all of everything come together. It's really fun. And the Dior show is just a huge, huge spectacle. Yeah. It's amazing. There's so many people working on that show. You know, the installers and the lighting and the, the video yeah. and the the dressers. Mm. I mean, there's just so many people doing their part and, and the o- people overseeing it, making sure all the parts are coming together. It's, it's really exciting yeah. to see all that and be part of it. And that exhibition, is it the same collection of items that were on display in Paris and in London? Some of them are the same and there are some different ones. This is the only one I've seen, so I mm. can't tell you which pieces are different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one had a um, a New York section or like an American section. I'm not sure if that was on display in Paris. Oh, wow. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was a collection that Dior did after he came to America and traveled around and wanted to make clothes for the American woman. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I also got to look around that a couple of weeks ago. And that's that's when I would it's I think there till February um, at the Brooklyn Museum and highly recommend if you can get there to get there. It was just beautiful. The whole thing was just an amazing experience, but it was really interesting even to walk around with you, Sally, because you were behind the scenes. So there was just little things and, and just like the number of people, I guess you don't, when you go to an exhibition, you don't always think about that, how many people are in there ahead of time, how ma- how many people have to sign off on things and, and are, you know, looking at every single detail to make sure it's perfect, um, which it certainly was, but. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, when I go see an exhibition afterwards and I look up and I want to climb up back up on the platform to go adjust something. <laughs> oh, I'm not allowed to do that yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of up and down on the platforms because um, we go up there and put the headpieces on and then you have to come back down to look at it from the viewpoint of the viewer. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of up and down. <laughs> yeah. And and you said even, you know, Maria Grazia, you know, she came to see it like it's it's definitely making sure it's it's what representing the brand and, and representing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's always a few last minute changes and. Like there was one mannequin in this that center enchanted garden and it was a headless mannequin in that section, but she wanted it moved to the Galliano section and all those mannequins had heads and headpieces. And so the dressers had to redress everything. And then Stephen created this beautiful new little headpiece. <laughs> And uh, I sewed it all together and then we got back up on the platform and climbed down to see it from the view below. And <laughs> so, you know, all, everything else was... Um, already made because this exhibition had been traveling around but that was the one that we had to do sort of at the last minute so you did so a headpiece in that exhibition that's very exciting <laughs> very cool. yeah my mark yeah. has been made yeah <laughs> so could you um tell us a little bit about the milliners guild as well and um how 
you know, how your role has progressed in that? Yeah, sure. Um, so like I said, I joined in 2008, one year after it started. And it's an organization, uh, it's a nonprofit organization of professional milliners. And our mission is to promote hats and head wearing and educate the public about handmade headwear and why it's different than, you know, what you just go buy in a regular store that came from some factory. We put on exhibitions to spread the word. We also have these millabouts and <laughs> that's what we were doing when we went to the museum. So we just like to all go out wearing hats to, to sort of show people that you can wear a hat when you go outside. It's nothing... <laughs> nothing crazy it's a it's a doable thing so yeah we just to encourage people and let people know that there are milliners here in the united states who make hats because often people think that hats are from england or australia um so we just you know want to let people know that we're here and that we do this too yeah the guild started out in new york and it was all new york area milliners but now it's a it's a national organization it, it started becoming more national. One of our members moved to California, but she remained a member. And then other people started hearing about it uh, and wanted to join. So we started getting people from other states. Yeah. And one of the things we were always trying to figure out is how do we include people who aren't in New York? Because our meetings are in New York, our mm. exhibitions are in New York, our millabouts are in New York. And, it, you know, we just, <laughs> we liked having people from other places, but we didn't know how to include them. One, once everybody started having cell phones, we would have meetings where people who couldn't come to the meeting would call someone's cell phone who was at the meeting and we would pile them all in the middle of the table <laughs> so they could listen in. <laughs> It's kind of crazy, but it was, you know, it was an improvement over just reading the meeting minutes before. And then eventually we moved on to uh, online meetings. So that was even better for people to participate more. But it was really when the pandemic hit and we couldn't have our meetings in New York anymore. So everybody, you know, we upgraded to Zoom. So things were a little better. You know, this technology was a little better and everybody suddenly had the same status. You know, we were all in our little spaces and little boxes on the screen and it wasn't the, the New York people and everybody else. Yeah. And it was really, you know, the pandemic was terrible for so many reasons, but in a way for us, it just made it more cohesive group where everybody felt like they were included and people started participating more, people who were outside of New York. And it really has, you know, made it grow in a great way. And we have people with different skill sets and we've been able to do a lot of things online. You know, everything is online or social media now, but we have people who know how to do that stuff, which is... <laughs> Which is so great. <laughs> That's brilliant. That the similar thing has happened with the British Hat Guild. The you know the meetings have gone online and and it's been fantastic because it does enable people from all over the place to join in. Um, and and we also took London Hat Hat Week online last year, which right. you know, like you say, was a big challenge from a technical point of view because we were <laughs> we were pretty scared. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we just had to yeah. plow ahead and and do it. And uh, and you know, things like this podcast we wouldn't have done otherwise. It mm. so yes, it 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 did give us a, a push to go online but um the millabouts sound amazing and just getting out there wearing a hat and I remember so I was in New York it was um coincidental and it was around the time of um St Catherine's Day and I yeah. knew that you normally get together and I just thought 
you know what, I'm just going to go and see if I can find them. Because I thought, well, I'm going to be able to spot them because they'll all be wearing hats. So it should be pretty easy. Yeah, we're easy to find. I knew, but then, you know, as somebody coming from London, I saw this thing that said, oh, yeah, they'll be at Grand Central. I thought, oh, that's fine. I'll just go to that station. But, of course, you don't realise the scale of... A grand central it's like going to Westfield shopping centre or something in or like some huge big conference centre and expecting to find um 30 40 people but uh but yeah you were visible <laughs> so it was great I could see all these women darting around in hats I was like they're over there somewhere <laughs> just have to follow them back to the source so uh yeah so you're continuing to do those trips around I know you've just done one that Becky joined in with, but is that something you'll continue? Oh, yeah, we, we love to do that. And, you know, even though the, the Zoom meetings are great to, for, to create this cohesion across the country, we all do miss our personal meetings because it was a lot of, you know, just catching up and seeing each other. It was really fun. So the mailabouts didn't happen during the pandemic. The first time we got together was for Easter this year. We didn't go to Fifth Avenue in the main Easter parade area. We went down to Union Square and kind of created our own Easter parade. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so that was really fun. And it was it was so good to get together. And, you know, the vaccines have been circulating by then. So it was a little safer to get together. Mm. So that was the first one we'd done since the pandemic. Um, and then the museums was the second so, yeah, we're all looking forward to doing more of those. Yeah. Mm. And we want to get people to do more of them in other places, you know, mm. not just New York. There are some milliners, you know, you know, in the North Carolina region, you know, they can get together. And so we're trying to get like little pockets around the country of people yeah. getting together to, to do the same thing because it's fun. <laughs> Maybe a future excursion to London Hat Week as a group. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would love that too. Yeah, we'd love that. So you are actually the president of the Milliner's Guild currently, I believe. I am, yeah. Is that like a certain length of term? Uh, well, each term is one year, and then we have uh, um, three years term limits. So actually, this is my third year. So next year, it'll be somebody else. <laughs> what kind of responsibilities have you had with being the president? Uh, well, as president, you, I mean, very generally, you set the agenda for um, the meetings and then lead the meetings. We have a we have a general meeting and a board meeting every month. So that's sort of the basic. And then it's a, and like a, I oversee the different projects that we do just sort of keep an eye on, you know, keep in touch with people to find out how things are going and make, making sure everything's running the way yeah. it's supposed to. <laughs> um, and depending on what the project is I might be more involved or not mm -hmm. um, like our, you know on our social media Katie Allen has taken over the social media and she's so great at it that I don't have to do anything <laughs> just, she just, which is fantastic yeah. it's really you know she's really done yeah. a lot with that so it just depends on what the particular project is and then there's always emails to respond to phone calls to make mm. you know inquiries there's it's um, changes all the time and never stops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Sally, how does the Milliners Guild uh, differ from the US Headwear Association? Oh, well, the Headwear Association is more of the uh, the big manufacturers. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're, you know, very different in that most of us 
are just one person operations, really. Right. There's a couple of people that have some staff, but um, we're all very small compared to them. They have, you know, big factories and they're pumping out hats mm. and shipping them all around. Yeah. So the Headwear Association, we started going there, attending the meetings, uh, maybe 2009 or 10 or something. And it was sort of a shock to the system because it's always been <laughs> a bit of an old boys network. And then all these women show up in these crazy hats. And it was, uh, so it was was surprising, but I think people really enjoyed it. And now when you go, um, you know, the women who come to the um, meetings as well are wearing hats, whereas before maybe Mm. they were wearing a fedora or something, you know, a little more um, everyday type wear, but now they're wearing occasion wear. And so it's been a lot of fun to participate in that. And now they know we're coming and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> expecting you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, something really exciting for the Milliners Guild right now, actually just recently announced is that you're doing your first ever hat making competition. That's um, right. Yeah. We're really excited so, about it. We've been yeah. talking about it for years. And so now it's actually happening. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? What's the theme and, and kind of time scale and that kind of thing? So um, the theme of the exhibit is Best Ben. The title of the exhibit is Best Ben Humor and High Design. Um, He was a milliner in mid-century. He and his sister had a business and um, created these very whimsical hats that just make you smile. They're a little silly um, and a lot of fun. (laughs) And so we just thought what a great way to uh, start out this, you know, our first American millinery competition uh, inspired by an American milliner. Mm. And it's open to, it's an international competition. It's open to anybody in the world, not just Americans, but hosted by us. So that's kind of exciting. Um, and we're really looking forward to what people make because his style is a, just a lot of fun. And so there's so much creativity creativity that can come into, you know, whatever people want to do. So it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. And then it's going to culminate with an exhibition in Dallas, not in New York. We're going to be in Dallas at uh, North Park Center, which is a very high-end shopping center in Dallas. And they do a lot of fashion exhibitions there. So they're going to uh, display the 10 finalists along with some other, some collections uh, from the Texas Fashion Collection. So that's going to be really great. I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds great. So who's going to be judging the entries? Uh, Well, Stephen Jones is going to be one of the judges. Elizabeth Jekimowitz, who was the author of the Best Ben book. There's a book that came out about a year ago. Um, So she's going to be one of our judges. She's an expert on the topic. Fantastic. We're going to have uh, Sigmund Meachin, who is a theatrical milliner in New York, and one of the uh, board members from North Park Center. They are all very fashion savvy. So one of the board members from there will be a judge as well. Wow, that sounds fantastic. So when do people need to get their entries in? Well, the um, the deadline to register is going to be late December. And then people have to have their hats, their hat uh, images submitted by January 10th of year. Okay. And how can they find out about the details? I'll go to millinersguild.org. That's our website and all the information is on there, all the forms that you need. And yeah, so it's exciting. Great. We're very excited (laughs) about it. 
Oh, good luck with that. We hope you get lots of interest. I'm sure you will. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's so fun. Who wouldn't want to make a hat like yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so imaginative. And, and also, like, you know, I think with sustainability, we've been talking about that a lot over the series. And um, I think that he was, like, really ahead on that because he was reusing objects all the time, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He found yeah. objects in the home. And, and I think that was inspired by some of the um, austerity after the war. But, you know, it's good for us, too, now to look around and what, what we already have and use Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. <laughs> yeah. So we hope that uh, his creativity will inspire other people's creativity. And yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing what people make. Absolutely. Sally, thank you ever so much for joining us and for giving us your view on the behind the scenes of the latest your exhibition at the Brooklyn Museum and for giving us your insight into theatrical millinery in New York. It's been really lovely talking to you, and I hope that we will see you in London perhaps next year. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. That would be fantastic. So that was Sally Caswell with us, Becky Weaver and Georgina Abbott of London Hat Week on Morley Radio. To find out more about London Hat Week, visit www.londonhatweek.com or follow at London Hat Week on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter.